7.30 this morning, we'll get you into that Slayer show, June 7th, out of Blossom. We also found out, or just uh, we just looked into it, Behemoth, Testament, Anthrax, and Lamb of God all on that show as well. That's a huge Jeez. show. Yeah, we'll get you into that at 7.30. And coming up at 9 o'clock, your opportunity to head out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. We'll pass out your keyword at 9 a.m. this morning. I found out yesterday morning, Fantone, that a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people that listen to this show work on President's Day, and we do not. No, we do not. We did not. I was surprised the company actually had that as as one of their company holidays, but they did. Told us to stay away, so we did. And I woke up yesterday morning a little early. Um, uh, you know, even for a day off, I was still up by like five thirty ish. You know, and uh, next thing I know, like the Twitter notifications just start going off. And I was like, all right, well, we're running best of, you know, God, I probably said something. Who knows? Right, right. You know what I mean? And uh, so then I open them and I see it's dead air, dead air, nothing but dead air. What the hell happened? And I was like, well, I was up there over the weekend because I came up early Saturday morning because I was like, ah, I'm pretty sure I forgot to put the best of in. And I did. So I was like, thankful I did. I came up here Saturday. So while I was here Saturday, I checked both Monday and Tuesday because we run, you know, a best of every morning, five to six. Yeah. And so I made sure all those things were in. So like when waking up Monday morning, I was surprised to find out that there were issues. Yeah. If if Stansbury were not to put in the best of, you would still have music. You would still have commercials. You would still have the, stuff. It, you would be fine. The radio station would be screwed. We'd be short on the hour. Right, 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 but right. But you'd right. still get every, you know, everything else. Right. So like all it, the synchronicity <laughs> too, you can handle. The fact that the fact that there was dead air. So obviously that was like a different. Concern because right. you're right. I got all the same kind of notifications at one point, which is worth saying thank you guys. If you guys were one of the people yesterday who, whether it was via Facebook or whatever, um, somebody needs to know when something like that happens. So like we like we do appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I knew something else was up. I knew this wasn't like a me mistake, and I knew this wasn't a you mistake, dude. I got dressed and drove into the radio station because I was like, well, it, this is kind of this is my responsibility. So let's get dressed. Let's go. Let's let's drive in. I live close. It's not that big of a deal. I was awake already anyway it didn't matter right me you or maybe one other person is the closest to the station you know what i'm saying we're nobody's def- real far right but we're probably the closest but we're it yeah right we're it <laughs> really i mean essentially we're we're the people who work here True. <laughs> you know what i mean and so yeah we're, we're gonna be it and it was one of those things like per like where are your keys? The last place you look. So sure enough, I come walking through the back door here of the building, right. walk into the studio, right. and the station kicks on like that. As you're walking As in. I'm walking through the door. Jeez. And I was just like, and then so I was like, all right, well, I can hear it in the studio just fine. So let's check the FM signal to find out. Like, don't just leave. Like, maybe it's, you know what I mean? Sometimes things will sound fine in here, but there's something, it's not being transmitted properly, yeah, right? Yeah, a little quality control right there. You know, a little check your work. I, I get that. So I'm walking through the building looking for an FM radio, and I realized there's no radio in this building. That is a little crazy. That's a little crazy. See, back in the day, not that we should have these anymore, but there was a smoking lounge when I worked for this company once before. That's how long I've been working for this company. Is that you, you? Not only could you smoke inside, but the company had like a smoking room that you sat in, and there was an FM radio in there. Well, there's an AM FM radio in there, and everybody who smoked—that's what you did. You went in there and you turned on the station. You were supposed to be monitoring. That way, you made sure things like that weren't going wrong. Yeah. And then I come in here, and all the studio monitors are not like logged in. See, it used to be you would just run like a very basic login, station name, and then like frequency as like the password. Well, now they don't do that. 
So I'm frantically trying to like get things logged in. I was like, see, if these things were already logged in, if this hadn't turned back on, this would be a quicker fix. There were a couple of issues where I was like, I got to tell you, I think I'm going to get an FM radio for my desk in my office for situations like that. Because I was like, well, how do I? T-? So now I'm like in between my car and the studio yesterday morning, 6.15, 6.30 in the morning, trying to get this figured out. I know there is an FM switch around here, but I think it's in, in the boss's office. Yeah, you can't access yeah, I it. Think, I don't think like we can get to it. If the building will... How does that help me? Like, how does that? That so there. That was a little bit. That was a little bit of a, like you know confusion yesterday morning on that. So then I go home and I was like, all right. Well, obviously you know things must be all right now. And I check my corporate email all day, and there's no like, hey, here's what went down. Right, you idiots did this wrong. And that's how I know it wasn't our fault. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know okay, what I mean? Yeah. It's because if you and I had done something, it would have been like, morons, this is what I'm always saying, quit running for the door as soon as the show's over, make sure things are buttoned up, and it wasn't that. And I was like, oh, okay, see, he's not going to tell me when somebody else did it. Yeah, I think I know what happened yesterday, and I think it was his fault. So, like, I, oh. I, I would not be surprised at all if this is never spoken of again. Once we go to commercial break, this is a debt, you know what I'm saying? Well, maybe, maybe talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, maybe he gets us talked to about it yet again. I never put it through the filter that it could be his fault. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think one more day, this is like, this is the end of it. I don't know who I thought did it. We're the three people that work here. I don't know. I don't know who I thought did it. 730, we'll get you into that Slayer show. Again, that's Behemoth, Testament, Anthrax, and Lamb of God. Jesus, June 7th out of Blossom. You get those tickets at 730 on Rock 106.9. Toby Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com and sending you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards at 9 o'clock, where also you'll be getting New Turk Tuesday. Completely forgot. It's Tuesday. Yeah, it is. You're getting new Chainsmokers, new Jason Aldean, and new Fozzie all part of that this morning. Okay. Looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. I do want to hear all three of those songs, actually. Coming up on Friday from 2 to 4 in the afternoon, Phantom will be at the new Raising Cane's, and he'll have Kid Rock tickets for you. I believe Raising Cane's, their official grand opening, is today. Yeah. But you'll be out there Friday from 2 to 4. Yeah, I know there's people already, like, in line at Raising Cane's right right now. Yeah, I saw, like, last night on social media. People were like, yo, we're already here, baby, waiting for you. They must be doing some, like, first 50 people or 100 people in line. They must be doing something. Something something there. Um, I, uh, I'm excited, man. I am. I have not had it. I, uh, I've, I've, I've just heard more and more hype behind it, too. Like, everybody's excited. So, uh, I, uh, I hope that doesn't ruin it for you. Okay. Because no, so, sometimes hype machines can do that. Well, for yeah, you, of you course, I mean? of course, of course. But um, I, it is, I, I find it to be very good. I find it to be delicious. Um, I haven't had it that many times. It's only been like, I think, maybe five, six times I've had it. But it is really good. They have found genius in simplicity is what they did. They have found that it's like, you know what? If we just focus on these things that we want to do and we do it better than the next guy, we'll probably be all right. And and it's proven to work out just fine. I mean, I know plenty of places like... You know, every every pizza place has to be a wing place, has to be a sandwich place, has to, you know, do all these we different tu- things. We have tu- we have turned food places into like Walmarts where it's right. like do you got to do give me everything give me in one everything. place. Um but no man, they uh they focused on what they do and I can't wait man. Friday 2 to 4, Kid Rock tickets too. It's exciting times. I have um I haven't talked a lot about this because I'm I'm worried about failure. Um, and, and also, I don't want to be one of these people who like start something new and now it becomes like the most important thing in my world. So now it's it better be the most important thing in the world to you. But I've been eating a little bit better. 
I've been going to the gym a lot. Like I think it's been like seven days in the last week and a half um, that I've been there. And I've been trying to do this a little bit more, right? And uh, I'm a yo-yo dieter. I kind of go up and down, up and down. Long story short, I am. Uh, this is the day that I set weeks ago, two weeks as a matter of fact it was, that this would be the first time I would have what in you know, the dieting world is known as a cheat meal. You know what I mean? And uh, and so I like I was scratching my head back and forth, like, well, what do I want? I'm a big pizza fan. Maybe it'll be that. Uh, you know, dude, I just had ribs not that long ago. Those were delicious. Maybe I'll get those again. But then I remembered that this was opening, and I think this is going to be it because that sauce that they give you. Wait till you try that, dude. The sauce they give you to dip like the chicken in is so. I don't know what's in it, but it's so good. And it's new too. You know what I'm saying? People love new stuff, and like the fact that it's it's different, and the fact that it isn't something like it's not like you know, hey, it's another restaurant you've eaten at a million times. We just have a new location in Belden Village. It's like, no, dude, a vast majority of Stark County has never had this. Yeah, before. not had it. So people, uh, people should be very excited, man. Very I, excited, raising canes. And I don't even know like where they're based out of Down where South. I, yeah, because I so I said to my friend Stephanie who lives in Nashville. And I said, yeah, you know, she asked me, she goes, you know, what's the meal going to be? I was like, ah, we're getting this thing. I don't know if you guys have it. And she's like, oh, of course we have that. She's like, that's huge down here in Nashville. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I I wasn't sure. Because it's it's southern. It's really big in Columbus. Buckeye Nation down in Columbus. I mean, that's where where a lot of Ohioans picked it up at. Just moving north, dude. You know what I'm saying? Just moving north. You go to Columbus, moving your way up to Canton, moving your way up to Akron. You know what I'm saying? Just following, you know, straight up there. So Phantom will be out there uh, this Friday at the new Raising Canes from 2 to 4. This is basically across the street from Target. Yeah, 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 right there. I, uh, I, you know, I always get street names and stuff. Yeah, same plaza as like the, um, there's a PetSmart back there. And and that general same area is like Ruby Tuesdays over there. Ah, all right, all right. Um, so you'll be out there Friday from two to four. I'll be there today, uh, a grand opening, getting some chicken because I think it's delicious. One of the news stories that I saw over the weekend that I think is going to get downplayed and not get a lot of column inches or talked about because of some of the other more serious things happening in the news. And I understand that this actually should take a backseat to some of the stuff that's been going on. But there's a new initiative to build a high speed tunnel transportation system uh, between here and Chicago. All right. They say right about now it takes about six hours, whether you drive yeah. or take a train, right? So it takes about – a train's about the same amount of time it is to drive a car to Chicago, right? It's about six hours. Now, Chicago's a pretty good city. I know you're going to hear a lot of people say, yeah, but they have the worst gun violence in the – I know, right? But overall, Chicago's not a terrible city. Not sure I'd want to live there, but it's a cool place to visit, right? Uh, Michigan Avenue is a great place to go shopping, that whole thing, right? So they're now saying that this – new loop system that they want to, I'm sorry, new tunnel system they, oh, it's a hyperloop, yeah, that they want to put in would reduce travel now to a half hour between Cleveland and Chicago. And I want so much money put into the into these things and so much research. I want this to be a reality. I know they were talking about a rail system for a while that would take you between here and Portland. And again, that's about a four and a half hour flight. They were talking about like this new rail system they want to put in. It would take you about two hours to get to the other side of the country. Now, that's only half the amount of time as a plane, so it's not like that much different, but why do I feel like if a two-hour trip on a train that I would go to the West Coast for the weekend, we're on a, we're on a plane four hours and traveling, I won't. 
Um, I, I, I mean, obviously, out of the gate, it's not going to be this way, but I would think that eventually it'll be cheaper than air flight. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's at least a part of it. Um, and I, I, I would assume that more and more stuff like this is going to happen. Now, there's going to be some logistic like questions about like, well, you know, how, how this is going to tunnel, right? This is you're going underground for this. I, it, that's the way I'm reading it. They, they're, they're calling it the Hyperloop Transportation Technologies and North Ohio Airwide Coordinating Agency. Jesus. I wonder if this is going to be used primarily for travel, like personal travel, or if this will be used for like the shipment of goods and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, is this going to be a commercial or a, a you know, a, a, you know, a user end thing? I'm reading this as a user okay. end thing. Okay. Listen to this. The Hyperloop route would um, stretch about 313 miles. All right. On average, you're going to go 730 miles per hour, meaning you will get to Chicago in just under 30 minutes. I wonder. That's awesome. I wonder if the Cleveland to Chicago trip is taken that frequently, where it would. It, you know what I'm saying? Must be. It, it, I, I would think there would be better. You know, from Chicago to other cities, and I'm not trying to knock Cleveland. I'm just saying, like, there would be a more logical place there. New York to Chicago yeah. seems like the more likely of the two things. Maybe that's too far. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe that's that's too much of a. Maybe what they want to do is pick a. Two places that are relatively close together, right? Where, you know, systematically it works right. in shorter distance. Let's figure it out, and then we'll figure out how to take it longer distances. I would have to assume that Cleveland would be a decent central hub there. Northeast Ohio as a whole would oh, be yeah. a different central hub because you're, you know, Chicago, New York. You've got the entire East Coast over there. Detroit's relatively close. You know what I mean? So Pittsburgh, like, yeah. Right. So like, there's a decent amount of if if that was like a kind of a central stop. I guess that's why it would make sense. I want travel to be easier. And more accessible and cheaper because I really believe yeah. that the human being should move around. I believe in that, that the human being should live multiple places before you die. I believe that we are not meant to just stick where, where we're from. I don't buy into that. Now, I know I've moved back to Ohio every time. And so, like, something obviously pulls you back. There's no doubt about that. But I just, I believe in the value of experience of moving around. Yeah, I mean, even if you're just looking at it from the perspective of, like, the, the ease of vacation and the, the even if you're not going to go live on the West Coast, like you said, like, I mean, if you can take a two-hour train trip over there. Why do I feel like I sudden, would do that? All of a sudden, it's like, all right. I mean, it just seems different, I guess. I like, get, like I, I don't know what makes that that different because, like I said, it's still, you still get the time change. It's still two hours. Now, again, we're talking about here to the West Coast. But why do I feel like if we were talking about a hyper loop tunnel that I would go to Akron Canton like I guess this is where you know what I mean right. eventually let's say it's over by the airport or whatever right. why do I feel like Friday after the show I'd have a bag packed and I'd go to Portland but for two more hours on the plane is the thing that makes me go uh, I don't know you know what I mean like I, I don't I don't understand that I, I don't know why it just seems it's very appealing to me and I like the idea of people being able to like get places super fast like that because I think it would encourage more people to see other things and experiencing new places and new people can help a lot of the problems we have today. I guess you can say that like it's two hours in a plane but like we all know that like there's a little bit of and I guess Akron Canton Regional Airport is probably the least of this but there's a little bit of like well it's not just two hours you know what I mean to this it feels like well I'm just going to walk on Show this up train an hour early. right and I'm just going to walk on this train and then I'm going to walk right off of it right into it like it, I, it just feels well, Oh. shorter. 
Yeah, it feels shorter, but when this becomes the way we travel, like planes, welcome to take your shoes off, right, welcome to right. all that stuff. We're going to have to do it that way. But Cleveland to Chicago in under 30 minutes, see, like that there is a huge difference. You're going from six hours right. to 30. That's right. a major, major difference. And you could then legitimately make Chicago a weekend destination every weekend. You know what I didn't think of when I read this yesterday is, you know who this really helps is long-distance relationships. Oh, like yeah. if, you, if you're dating somebody who lives in Ohio, you live in Chicago, vice versa you could see each other within 30 minutes that to- which by the way you could get busted cheating on that person in under 30 minutes you got to think about that as well more Sansbury show right around the corner you guys hang on the Stansbury show all right i like it, I like it a lot. rock 106 knock 106 nine. welcome back to the Stansbury show on rock 106 nine. we'll get you in the slayer at 7 30 this morning Behemoth, Testament, Anthrax, Lamb of God all playing on that show Jeez, June dude. 7th. Yeah, I know. That's a good one. That's that's a lot going on. That is. I mean, dude, Anthrax could do a two-hour set on their own. Yeah, I mean, between Anthrax, Lamb of God, and Slayer, you have three headliners there. You have three legit headliners. You tell me on the ticket, you get Slayer and Anthrax. I'm already in. Good. You throw in Lamb... That's like when, when we got JR and LeBron was like, dude, and then they said they'll throw in JR. And I was like, well, yeah. And that's kind of how I feel like that, man. You're going to throw in Lamb of God? Like, what a good get. Yeah, it's pretty good, dude. Metal show of the summer for sure. Fishhead will be there. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is like the last time Slayer's going out, right? Oh, yeah. I think that's that's, uh, that's, that's the, the whole thing, point right? of it, yeah. And I guess if you're going out on your last run, dude, you might as well load up the undercard, right? Bring them all with you. Go out with a band. Yeah. Go out with a band. Why not? Uh, somebody sent me a couple of things. There's a rumor mill that Kiss is going out for their last tour. Now, their last tour of like this, they've already said when Paul and Gene are done, they're dressing up two other dudes as Paul and Gene, and the Kiss thing will continue. Forever. It's never going to die. Are which, you kidding me? If, if, which I think is a little bit of a scam. I do. If I'm being honest, I feel, feel like it's a little bit of a scam. But if I'm those guys, I created this thing that that can live on like that no other band can say that yeah i mean the thing i'll say is that like you need to reinvent yourself again before you know what i'm saying become relevant to a younger audience at this point like don't get me wrong kiss you know fans or kiss fans um i don't feel like you've grown the umbrella in a while so like if you're gonna try to do that i feel like there has to be some sort of like new punch to it they gotta pull out all the stops i and i think you gotta play i think they gotta go if Kiss was to do it, I think you do a two-year, we're done tour, and I think you pull out all the stops. You do big venues, you do no opening act, and you go out there and you give me three and a half hours, right. and you play right. everything. You encompass the whole entire catalog and make sure your fans end up happy, and then you'd ride off into the sunset. I'd be totally all right with it. I'd be totally okay with it. So um, apparently... And this is, I find all of this to be a little confusing. So, so, you know, forgive me here, but apparently the Stark County Sheriff's office um, had some run-ins with a social media scare over the weekend. And apparently this is linked to Tusla high school Okay, where they're saying school officials and the FBI are investigating a report threat made um, that had surfaced on an anonymous app. Now the app is called Sarah, I believe is how they say it. It's the Arabic word for honesty or truth, I believe. Okay, and what that is, is you like put that up on your Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and people are supposed to ask you literally any question, and you're supposed to respond truthfully because it's anonymous. You don't know who it is. Yeah, like I, I, I remember when it first came out, I had friends downloading it, and they were like, hey, I'm finding out that you know people had a crush on me, or I'm finding out that people like secretly hated me, or like yeah. all this stuff. And I was like, well, that seems very weird. And I don't know, it didn't seem like 
like something I would want to be into. And if you're a parent, your kids probably have this. If you want a little bit more, uh, you know, idea on how it works and how it, the whole thing unfolds, there is a video, a how-to video at wrqk.com in the Sandsbury Show section for you. But apparently, somebody made a threat on the the Sahara uh, app, and Tusla High School then uh, followed up on their Facebook page, noting that the sheriff's office is investigating the um, the unsubstantiated threat. At that point, the Tusla uh, local school district holds the safety and well-being of students, staff, and community as its top priority. Of course. On Friday evening, uh, the school district was made aware of a threat posted on social media. Since then, Tusla has been working closely with the Stark County Sheriff's Office, and they've been uh, working with local, state, and federal officials, obviously. The Sheriff's Office has been investigating the threats, which has not been identified as specific to the district, although they were working with them. So my guess is that they felt like maybe it was. I, I understand there's going to be people who are like, well, people should be able to, you know, make a joke and say what they want to say. But like, you really have to make it clear to your kids right now that like, even if you think that this is something that you're joking about, it's not going to read as such. This is what's crazy about the Internet. If 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 you're my age is that the Internet literally has come from this place where it was just like crackpots and weirdos and pedophiles and like only like weirdos were on it to now. And it's like, well, that's not the real world. Like, you know, that's my internet personality. That's not the real world where it's like, no, dude, the internet's the real world now. It's actually more real than your day-to-day life interaction. If you think about this, this is probably crazy, but I bet most of us these days, oh my God, I can't even believe I'm going to say this because it makes me sad, is that I'm willing to bet most of us interact with more people digitally than we do face-to-face. Obviously, that's true. And so, yeah, if your kids are involved in this kind of stuff... I don't get the app personally. Like I, I would have no interest me personally finding out what somebody thought about me if I didn't know who it was. I think, I, I, yes. I mean, I think at this point, but you're looking at it from like an adult's perspective. Yeah. You, you know, if, you, if you're looking at this from somebody under the age of 25, it's just another you know app I mean? to distract you for two minutes while you're not paying attention to something else that you that you should be. You know what I mean? It's another here's another five minute you know distraction while I'm in the bathroom. That's what it is. But I'd be interested. They don't tell you what the threat was, how serious it was, or who it was linked back to. So hopefully we'll get some more information on that. But again, if you're worried your kids are on this stuff, there's a how-to video at WRQK.com in the Stansbury Show section. So a Fox News, I don't know if I call her analyst, host, what, what she is. I, don't actually, I didn't actually know that much about Laura Ingram before this. Went off on LeBron James. We have that and his response. And we'll obviously give you our opinion on the matter next at Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 7.30, we'll get choked up with these Slayer tickets. That show's June 7th. You're also getting Testament, Anthrax, Lamb of God on that. That's a big one. Like I said, Fishhead will be there. <laughs> For sure. Marlboro Reds rolled up in the sleeve. Oh, dude, blood heavies. Ready to go. Doing it. Yeah, it's the life I want, man. It's the life I wish I had. I guess I could have it. I don't. I, I, don't, I, uh, I don't do that. I did see the fish head over the weekend. By the way, he uh, he stopped by the chocolate bar. Dude made a VIP <laughs> VIP you know Is that right? appearance there. So what up, fish head? Actually, man, I just uh, saw one of my Facebook memories from like. I don't know, five years ago, talking about how I had quit cigarettes a, a month, and I was a month in. Jeez. Yeah, so I think about that, man. I, dude, I've hit the five-year mark, man. And again, if you could promise me that I could smoke one cigarette and I wouldn't buy cigarettes tomorrow and smoke again tomorrow, I would smoke said cigarette. I would smoke one cigarette. I do miss it. Like, there's no doubt. I do miss it, but uh, I know I'm better off without it. 
in the end, I don't miss spending the money. The money is really what it came. To. I don't care about living any longer at all. But I, um, I do care about not being <laughs> broke while I'm stuck living here. You know what I mean? And so, the money alone was worth it, for sure. Uh, so Laura Ingram works at Fox News. Uh, she's a talk show host, and um, she had some things to say about LeBron James. And because of LeBron's, you know, sounding off with his opinion on what's happening, you know, what's happening politically and with the president and everything. So here's what Laura Ingram had to say about LeBron. NBA superstar LeBron James is talking politics again, and this time it's R-rated. Here's his barely intelligible, not to mention ungrammatical take on President Trump in a new ESPN podcast. The number one job in America, the point of person, is someone who doesn't understand the people and really don't give a about the people but wait there's more gripping insight espn host carrie champion asked james and fellow nba star kevin durant about what she described as trump's racist comments i feel like our team as a as a country is not ran by a great coach it's not even a surprise when he says something it's not even surprising. It's like laughable. It's like it's that's laughable, bad. It's laughable and but it's, it's scary. But it's also scary right, because right. I shouldn't be numb to your racist Right, comments. right. I shouldn't be numb to your behavior. I'm numb to this commentary like, must they run their mouths like that? Unfortunately, a lot of kids and some adults take these ignorant comments seriously. Look, there might be a cautionary lesson in LeBron for kids. This is what happens when you attempt to leave high school a year early to join the NBA. And it's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. Oh, and LeBron and Kevin, you're great players, but no one voted for you. Millions elected Trump to be their coach. So keep the political commentary to yourself, or as someone once said, Shut up and dribble. Okay, well, let's let's take issue with a few things that were said here. One, more people voted for the people that LeBron and Kevin Durant voted for than actually voted for the person who is president. Fact. Okay, so there's one. Two, did not attempt to leave high school early to go play in the NBA. So there's two. Three, does not get paid $100 million a year to bounce a basketball on the floor. What I mean, dude, blame her, blame the producer, blame whatever. But if you're going to stand on this hill... Like when you have three factually incorrect pieces of information with inside of a what a, a minute and a half clip, I, I think that was maybe. Like then people are going to take issue with what you're saying. Like if you want to fight on this hill, Laura Ingram, fine. Okay, first of all, I feel like everybody needs to stop with the shut up and just play sports, shut up and just be in movies. Now that that's coming from a guy that wishes we did not all spew political stuff out of our mouths as easily as we do now. I wish athletes would just play sports. I wish actors would just be in movies, but they're not gonna. So fighting that battle seems really stupid. Now you're never getting it. It's never gonna be that way. And in reality, it's never really ever been that way. Social media is just showing you more of this. But it, this has always been happening. We've always had politics and sports and music and movies. It's never not been this way. But if you're going to fight on this hill, then loading it down with inaccuracies is loses your credibility. I, I think it's really worth noting here, too. It's not like LeBron stopped a game in the middle of it and was like, yo, hey, let me give my opinion on Donald Trump here. This was an interview. So, like, he is keeping it out of the sports. He is keeping it out of, you know what I'm saying? You pay pushed b- for guys not to kneel in the NBA, kind of said, look, dude, my platform's bigger than this. I'm not going to be distracted by... 
by it. I I I I pay to watch LeBron watch basketball, and that's kind of the point that she's making, or at least like you know, well, he's not bringing it into where you pay to watch him play. You can do an interview, and that's completely separate from what he does out on the basketball court. So like, I just think that alone. You is know like, more about LeBron than most people. I'm hearing that there that that he did try to leave after after his his junior year. Um, I I, I believe like he like tried to, but he didn't. He did not leave though. That's so so essentially what she said is still wrong. And what 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 difference does that make? I mean, I think that everybody agrees that LeBron James was capable of coming into the NBA at that point in his life. So like, what what's what's the point there? Like, what is the? I mean, if we're gonna act as if like finishing high school is the be all end all of whether or not you can have an opinion, I mean, if, right? If I right. told most people what they learned in junior year of high school, you're not even going to be able to tell me what it was. So uh, Right, so you got your GED, therefore you cannot have an opinion? I mean, like, what, what, what are we talking this about is a here? Little, that's, that's a little crazy. That's a little crazy. Now, here's the other thing. If Suzanne, who is behind the counter at CVS, gets to tweet about whatever the hell she wants, and she gets to say whatever she wants about Trump or Obama or whatever, I don't care which side right. of the aisle right. you want to put her on, but if she gets to spot her opinion, then how is LeBron James not accomplished enough to be able to give his opinion? Again, coming from a guy that wishes these people didn't do this, but this is the world. It's always been the world. It's always going to be the world. Right, and your wishes don't mean a goddamn. Like, if Dan Stansbury, I wish this was the case, doesn't well, matter. it's not the case. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? You can wish that till you're blue in the face, and it doesn't matter. I want my right to say what I want, and the only way I can have that is if I award that right to other people. I, I, I don't understand like this concept of like, well, we, we, we own your opinion or we, 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 we are the ones who are allowed to tell you when you are or are not allowed to say something. If this would have been something pro-Trump, I, think ver- I, I don't think it's too much of a stretch at all to think that Laura Ingram would have been like, and you see that? That's a basketball player. That's a celebrity, blah, 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 who, who gets it. So it's right. like all no, you're doing, true. all you're doing is flipping. You're, you're, just, you're just changing the criteria of what you find acceptable to fit your argument. And at that point, dude, what, what are you talking about? LeBron then obviously responds to these comments, and we have that here for you. <laughs> um, I actually, my first, uh, I actually laughed first uh, when I first saw the reports. And uh, and then I then I watched the video and I saw exactly how it was put off. Um, well, first of all, um, I had no idea who she is or, or what she do. Um, um, until, so she... She won in that case because now I know who she is. Um, True. It's, uh, it's yes. Good on him for, for her to go up there and say what she said. First of all, I mean, it's, I, I would have had a little bit more respect for her if she would have actually wrote those words. I, yeah, she probably said it right off the teleprompter. Um, but that's okay. Um, you know, we we, we live in a we, we're back to everything I've been talking about over the last few years. So. It lets me know that, you know, everything I've been saying is, is correct for her to have that that type of reaction. Um, but uh, uh, we will definitely not uh, shut up and dribble. Um, I would definitely not do that. I mean too much to um, um, to society. I mean too much to the youth. I mean too much to the uh, to, to so many kids that feel like they don't have a. Um, they don't have a way out, and they need someone to help lead them out of the situation they're in. Um, also, wish you would have did a little bit more fact-checking because I actually did finish high school and didn't leave early. I graduated high school. Um, you know, to, to be uh, 
to be an African-American kid. So, you know, he goes on, obviously. Um, Like, look, if people get to spout their opinion, then LeBron James definitely gets to. This guy's accomplished more than any, what, 20, 30 human beings slammed together could. Right. And and not just like in a professional sense, because obviously a very accomplished athlete. But I mean, dude, from a sense of what he's given back to the community. He's the wrong target for people like Laura Ingram because of the real, honest to God, good work, money where his mouth is. The actions that LeBron's taken, and you can make the argument, and I think you'd be right about it, is that he's also then, through that, has kind of forced other NBA guys to kind of follow that model. I mean, you, you just look at you just look at how often, and you know, Charles Barkley was obviously kind of the face of this. You look at how often it's like, well, I'm not a role model. Well, no, you are a role model. You whether are. you want to be or not, you are one. And now you've got this guy who is engaged, this guy who is doing good by by the community, doing good by his family. You know, trying to make the world a better place. And it, just because he feels differently about the president than you do, it's like, shut up. You don't. Your your opinion's invalid. That's dude. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like I said, and, and I'm going to say it one more time and then we'll be done. But he has accomplished more than enough and has established himself more than enough to be able to give his opinion out. If we're all if we're all allowed to do it, then he's definitely done enough. And here's the other thing. I hate this. As a guy, and I know I get accused of being a LeBron homer, even though I'm the one telling you he's going to leave and he's going to be gone and all that stuff. I don't know why people think I'm a LeBron homer. But I do find him off the court to be pretty impressive, right? But here's the thing on this. People try to sell you this LeBron is dumb. And again, in that segment, you hear him say, I don't know who she is or what she do, which is obviously not correct. That is obviously not proper English. But let's stop going over it with a fine-tooth comb because I look at the way you guys post things, the way I post things. There's no no punctuation. There's run-on sentences. There's there's all this stuff. We all kind of do this stuff. To make the argument that LeBron James is not intelligent is... Not an intelligent argument. And I will always go back to this as my example. If you would have given me, do, do here's some facts. When LeBron James came into the NBA, Nike gave him $100 million and Sprite gave him $100 million. That's $200 million before his feet had ever touched an NBA floor. $200 million. What was he, 18? 18, 19, whatever it was, you would have all been dead, and so would have I. And that guy has lived a public life for 16 years, pretty much drama-free outside of, hey, I want to go to Miami and play basketball where it's a nicer city. That's like the drama of LeBron James. That is a mark of an inte- that is the mark of an intelligent person, whether you want to admit that or not. Being able to handle all that at that age, be a leader, be a role model for that many years and not fall down on that job is mark of an intelligent of an intelligent person, whether you want to acknowledge that or not. At the end of the day, dude, this guy has done more than enough to earn his opinion. And again, just to submit, you know, just to give you the summation, that's coming from a guy that wishes we all weren't always out giving all of our opinions. We have those slayer tickets. We'll pass them out next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com at 8 o'clock. I'm interested to get his take. Major League Baseball has taken steps to speed up their game. They're thinking that the length of game is the issue that they're having. I disagree. I don't think it's about how long a baseball game takes. I think it's about the lack of action in between how long a baseball game takes place. I think if you were still hitting home runs out of the, out of the park every three at-bats, that the game is more appealing. I think it's just... 
they need to figure out like the NFL went with this and they loosened up defensive rules and they you know they expanded scoring. I think if baseball could find a way to expand scoring that does not compromise the legitimacy of the game, that that would be better off. I'm not sure it's length of game that has people staying away from baseball. I'm not sure that's what it is, but we'll talk to Scott about that. Obviously, LeBron took home uh, what was it the um, the All Star Game MVP. Yep. Uh, took that home, which I'm—I I don't know why I'm surprised by that. He's—he's he's the best player in the league by a mile, so uh, that makes all the sense in the world that he would be the MVP. I know people were giving Fergie a hard time over her rendition of the national anthem, and this just backs up something I always say about this, which is why would you do it? Why yeah. would you sing it if you knock it out of the park? Nobody remembers you even did it, and they'll always say, "Well, not as good as Whitney, right?" If you knock it out of the park, you're still not going to beat Whitney. And you only get famous by completely screwing it up and making an ass out of yourself. And I don't know why the hell you would do that. I, 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 I guess with the whole thing with her, and I, it just that why did you try to change it? And I felt kind of the same way this. She's throwing words in. I felt kind of the same way this past who sang it for the Super Bowl, uh, not Christina Aguilera, one of those. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but you're changing. Pink things. sang it this last year. Pink, yeah, yeah. Like why did you change the tempo of it? Like just go out there, just sing the national anthem as it's written, because like if you don't, you know. That's where the problem gets into place. You're probably not going to Roseanne it and just like butcher it just because you're so terrible. But once you try to put like artistic like spin on it, that's dude, it's not going to play well. Just not. No, I think the song will stand on its own. Belt it out. Like just get up there and sing it. But that's my thing is that they all kind of know that where it's like if you just sing it. It's like nobody remembers you did it. It's putting your stamp on it is what gets you talked about. But I don't know why you would want to be talked about in this fashion. And I didn't even see it until the morning after. Like I woke up and I saw it on Twitter. And so like I clicked the video and I even tweeted it out. I said, you know, excuse me for being late to the party on this. I didn't watch the All-Star game because, I mean, I could care less about All-Star games. But at the end of the day, I was so it was like I was just watching it. And I was like, why did she do this? Like, why did she, you know, and people want to make the easy joke of, man, even Kaepernick would stand during this one. And it, I mean, it's, but it was, it was bad. Yeah, it was. There, I, there was no other way around it. That was just a piss poor I mean, when you look in the reactions of the players' faces, I mean, Steph Curry can be seen laughing. Draymond's like openly mocking her during it. I mean, guys are just like laughing hysterically during it. How did she not know that as a performer? Like, as a performer who's been paid to perform on huge stages all over the world, how does she not know before she does it, like, this is not great? At the very least, we can make the argument of, like, she will be blind to it because she is who she is. But, like, they had rehearsals. You know what I'm saying? Like, somewhere along the line, somebody could have said to her, like, yo, we're not doing this style. Like, we're singing the regular national anthem. If you don't want to do that, we can get Rascal Flats to do it. You know what I mean? Like, somewhere along the line, someone needed to put their foot down and be like, ah, uh, no. Yeah, why are we doing that? It just it seemed very, very strange. She tried to get all soulful with it and then trying to turn it like very sexy. And I'm not sure that that song should be sexy. Yeah, I mean, like there's there's don't get me wrong. You don't have to go up there and like not put your stamp on it at all. But like you still have to remain in the lane of what the national anthem is. Trying to take it somewhere else is always going to lose. Yeah, I think ultimately you are just going to end up paying the, you know, the piper for that. I think you're just going to pay the price for that. We have Slayer tickets. They're playing June 7th out of Blossom. They're bringing Behemoth, Testament, and Anthrax. Oh, and Lamb of God. What a show that is. We have tickets for that. We'll pass those out right now. We'll take caller 30 at 1-800-243-7625 on those. And when we rejoin you again, the lies you hear every single day in your life. That's next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever.
Sir. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Where Tracy won herself some uh, Slayer tickets. She was super pumped. Very excited. Yeah. Uh, apparently, she was calling for her husband. She got those tickets. He's going to be happy. That's, I mean, honestly, like, dude, that has very high potential to be, like, concert of the summer, man. I mean, that's a star-studded lineup. Yeah, it's hard to beat if you don't know. It's uh, Slayer, Behemoth, Testament, Anthrax, Lamb of God. Jesus. Dude, what are they going to do? Start that thing at noon? I'm going to have to. Five different metal bands? I mean, like, you know metal shows just go slow, dude. They do. Like, there's setup time. There's teardown time. There's all that cringe. Just like, you're right. It's going to have to be, like, a four o'clock start time. Yeah. I love Slayer. It'll be uh, it'll be good to send those guys out on top. Anthrax is a great live band too. That's gonna be a good show. And Lamb of God's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I used to really love Testament growing up as a kid. I haven't seen them in a long time. I don't know. And I know Behemoth played the Agora and blew the roof off of it the night I worked that. I mean they were. I mean, dude, they blew that crowd away. So it'd be interesting to see that show go now. Blossom June seventh. All week left. All right, I'm gonna do this thing now. Um, where 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 I ask a question, if every time it's like remember like December, we'll go or no early January, late December early January. I fly home from Vegas. It was like seventy degrees when I flew home, and I came home to to zero degrees, no degrees. Yeah, it was brutal, dude. Brutal I cold. mean, just this winter was just freezing ass cold there for was parts like a, of it. There was like a month of it where it was just like God. It was just like relentless. Didn't get over ten. Yeah. So and. That whole month, I had to read, whoa, global warming, whoa, where's the global warming? <laughs> well, let me ask you, now that it's going to be 71 at the end of February, do I get to be like, well, global warming, maybe it's real? Like, if you get to, every time it's freezing cold, you get to say this, then don't I get to be like, well, dude, it's like 71, so maybe climate change is real? Yes, yes, I take your point there. If you're going to be, um, what do I want to say, just kind of like an observational, like, oh, well, I guess one data point proves an entire, you know, an entire theory. But and, 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 and from a true perspective of like, well, is that facts? No, dude. You got ups, you got downs, you got all those things. And whether it's really, really cold or really, really warm, no one data point proves a theory. And I'll remind everybody again that climate and weather – are separate things, much like how intelligence and education are separate things. They're in the same ballpark, but they're separate things. You can be intelligent and not all that educated, although you could pay for an education and ultimately not be all that intelligent. So you know what I'm saying there? It can be that. But, dude, it's going to be almost 71 degrees today, and I don't know how the hell I don't go play golf. I was going to say, dude, you might as well get out there. Um, I don't know how I don't do that. I think it's going to be relatively warm uh, for the rest of the week, but 71's something. You know what I mean? Like, that's honestly, like, it's going to be hard not to go put shorts on when I leave here. Like, there's going to be a little bit of me that's like, no, dude, just who cares what you're doing? Like, go mow your grass. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's 71. It looks like it's 60s most of the week. Thursday gets a little cold around 40. It's going to rain Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Today's going to be the day where you get halfway decent temperatures. No rain. Now, it rained a lot yesterday, but if you got a good golf course with good drainage, it's really not going to be that bad. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, there's going to be some wetness out there, but, but I mean, you're right. If, if, if you got a decent drainage, um, I, uh, I, I definitely, and I mean, you've noticed it recently just because it's been lighter, later, and later into the day, but like, I've really got fingers crossed that like the worst of winter is behind us. Like, don't get me wrong. I know it's going to snow. I know it's going to get cold again, but like like a foot of snow in zero degrees, hopefully that's all in our rearview mirror at this point. This is usually the month 
you, maybe I'm wrong on that, but it just maybe this is just the way it feels to me. I haven't researched it or whatever, but it normally feels to me like February is the month where it's just like, God damn it, it's so cold. Right. It's so cold. Right. And now it's going to be like 70 today. And so, like, I just think it's one of those things where it's like every time it goes, every time it's freezing cold, people go, well, where is it? I don't, th- I don't see it. Well, I mean, aren't you maybe seeing it right now? See, but, that, but that's the whole thing is like, that's why you don't take ownership of something like this. And like, I'm looking at this from the, the, from the perspective of the president who made that tweet of like, oh, well, pff, guess global warming's not real because it's really cold outside. That's like taking ownership of gas prices and being like, yep, I'm the one who did this because no, you didn't. It's going to go back up. It's going to go back down. Same way with the stock market. To oh, me. dude, did you it, read that report this morning? What is that? Oh, dude, they're saying, get ready, because the bumpiest ride we've seen in the stock market is coming right around the corner. See, and that's one of the mistakes of President Trump, but I'm not trying to say that's his mistake that the the stock market's going to go down, because that was going to happen inevitably. Whether it was Clinton, whether it was Trump, whether it was still Obama, it's going to go up, it's going to go down, and once you say, hey, I've got ownership of this, because it's good, because it's good, now you have to own it on the way down, too, and if I'm president, dude, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, it's good to see that it's going forward, but, you know, we're going to remain cautiously optimistic. That's what you're supposed to say. Yeah, I mean, for me, it would be more along the line of, yeah, I think I have signed some legislation, and obviously some of the tax breaks are going to benefit some companies. So, yeah, we're seeing an uptick in the stock market. And then I would, you know, I would, on the other end of it, I would say, I obviously cannot take credit for all of this, you know, but that's the problem, though, is that if you were to be honest like that, Americans go, I can't vote for that. If you didn't control it, if you're not the guy on the button, if you're not spinning the dial, then you're not the one I have to really care about. And it's it's weird. It's like we kind of force these guys in in women into these statements that we then want to bash them for when they give them to us. Where it's like, dude, why do you think everything is prepackaged and like tested by like, you know, groups on how not to piss people off with with what you're saying? You know, why do they call over that as many times? Because if they didn't, you would freak out. That's part of what got him elected is that, you know, people felt like, you know, you know, that he was a little bit of a loose cannon in that regard. But in reality, dude, most of what we want from these people is prepackaged, you know what I mean? You know, called over tested language because when they don't do it, we all freak out. I um I I I'm I'm gonna go enjoy it I guess at this point I'm not gonna worry well is this global warming or not like I'm just gonna go enjoy my beautiful seventy yeah degree. man I dude I gotta tell you I wasn't planning on it my plan was is to go to, you know to go to the gym again this afternoon but if it's gonna rain the rest of the week and it's not gonna rain today and it's gonna be seventy degrees I don't know how I pass up golf that's what I was gonna say dude is I mean you've got the opportunity to go to the gym whenever you want it's seventy one degree day in the middle of February take advantage of it like don't let it don't let it be like tomorrow because it's gonna be like damn dude uh, why didn't I go out there yesterday? <laughs> right go, go, when, go do it today when man. I'm sitting there tomorrow sweating my balls off at the gym like why am I doing this I hate doing it I hate doing it although it's only been a short period of time and I do feel that much better about it I really do and it is getting easier every time I I go, but it is one of those things. I don't care who you are. Working out sucks. Like it's not. You know what I mean. You feel great when you're done. It makes you feel po- more positive the rest of the day. There's no denying it. That you know you put the body through stress and the mind reacts positively. There's no doubt about it. It's science based. You cannot deny it. But it is while you're doing it. It's like this is the worst thing I've ever done. I wish I didn't have to do this to even look like somewhat obese. <laughs> obese. But again, man, I saw it yesterday at the gym. Like. Because people will give you all excuses on why they won't do it. I don't have the right clothing. I don't have all this stuff. I watched like three 60-year-old people walk into the gym and work out in jeans. There was another guy there in like black dress slacks and like loafers and was like still out there trying to get it done. And instead of like and, – and normally the human mind would go to be like making fun. Look at this gym outfit. And in re- what I did is the more I thought about it, I was like, dude, look at the dedication in that. Like not even having the right utensils, they're still like, you know what? This is an issue 
for me, and I got to tackle it. I found it to be a little a little inspiring, to be honest with you. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com, get his take on the NBA All-Star Game. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Joined every Monday, normally it is, at 8 o'clock by Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We were off yesterday due to President's Day, so he has amended his schedule. Going to join us this morning. Scott, how are you, buddy? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we get into your, you know, um, well, your male crush, LeBron James, pretty much killing it at the NBA All-Star Game. Scott can see no wrong with LeBron James ever. I do want to talk to you about Major League Baseball. That's not true. <laughs> All right, I'm just giving you a little grief, buddy. Major League Baseball is, uh, I guess they're making some changes into how many times you can go to the pitcher's mound and slow up the game and this and that, but they've waved off like the 20-second pitch clock. Now, obviously, they're looking to speed up rate of play for the game here a little bit, which I don't disagree with. I think all sports need to pay attention to this, but I'm not sure the, the, the speed of the game is really what's stopping people from wrapping their arms back around baseball. I think it's about the fact that nothing happens while the game's actually being played. They have a scoring <laughs> issue in baseball, right? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's, the game has become as pitchers are getting stronger and better and hitters are getting stronger and better. Um, it's, 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 it's becoming a lot of true three outcome, you know, that the forever three outcome was a, like a negative term used for guys that we either struck out or hit home runs. Right. And now given the way that pitchers are getting to be more and more unhittable and batters, when they actually get a hold of the ball are sending it distances that are almost uncomprehensible. Um, you, you either have, you know, these two, one, one, zero games, or you have these nine, eight, 10-9 games, and the issue becomes both of them take a really long time right. <laughs> when you, because like when you're putting up a ton of runs, even if it's a scoring problem, um, you know, then you have more pitchers changes because these guys are getting lit up, and you have, you know, so it, it kind of cuts both ways. There's really no happy medium. If you, if you, I mean, I'm, I, I love a pitcher's duel. Like, I would gladly tune in for, uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw, um, you know, pick, pick, pick another, you know, pitcher du jour, but, you know, I understand that most baseball fans don't want to see 17, 18 strikeouts. They want to see, they want to see some runs. So the, the, the thing is, you don't have the, the singles, doubles, you know, back, you know, like you used to. It's just, it's just a much different game now. And I think that, I think baseball's just trying to figure out a way to, you know, amend their, their style of play for what, uh, you know, our attention spans and what, 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 what viewers want to see. I think it's smart. I think you're going to have to adjust on some level. As a matter of fact, the NBA also adjusting. Now we're seeing they're going to entertain the idea of changing how the playoffs go versus uh, it's not going to be conference versus conference. It's going to be one through 16. I've been on this for two months that the NBA has got a problem. And this is Adam Silver acknowledging that the NBA has an imbalance problem. I've been saying it for months. I've been laughed off for months. And here it is. The NBA is going to adjust their playoff schedule or at least discuss it, which is them acknowledging we have an issue here so the debate of whether or not there's an issue overdone with they're already reacting to it do you think that their proposed idea is the better way to run the playoff system well basketball is traditionally much more progressive and being willing to change i mean just think of how long it took baseball to adapt any sort of sure. modicum of, 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 of replay right so yeah. that they're at least considering change is is, is a huge step for baseball um, no basketball, I think I think it'll be good. You know, the, the catch is, and I think you know, just like every, you know, you're never going to make everybody happy. They're still taking eight and eight, 
you know, they're still taking eight from the East, eight from the West. They're not taking the 16 best teams. So it's a, it's, a, it's kind of a, um, you know, a, a bit of a compromise, I guess. So, but rather than having it East versus East, you know, an Eastern side and a Western side, they're, they're going to split it up. So essentially if you have, um, you know, Houston, say Houston and, and Golden State finish with the two best records, they'll be on opposite sides of the, of the bracket. So you might see, you might see a Houston Golden State finals now instead of a, you know, a best team in the East, best team in the West. So, you know, while the, you're, you're still going to have some teams in the West left out of the whole thing because you have to squeeze in eight teams from the East, it does allow the NBA Finals to finally be a potential matchup between the two best teams of basketball. This is about TV matchups, right? This is about networks paying a lot of money and having the piss-poor games and saying, whoa, whoa, wait, there's a better way to make this more watchable, right? No, for sure. Um, you know, and, and truthfully, if they can figure out a way to make more money with this, I do see an avenue to shortening the regular season. Because right now, the, the, it's, it's all about money. Um, and the players aren't going to play fewer games or sign up for an 80-game or 75-game schedule if it means they're going to make less money. Now, if they can make more revenue as an NBA that gets shared throughout the rest of the league in terms of you know BRI, which is basketball-related income, then I think you could start to see some negotiations for a shorter regular season. So, uh, you know, kudos to Adam Silver, um, you know, for 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 being willing to change things. Is something as simple as what he did with the All-Star game. I mean, that, that was the most watchable NBA All-Star game that I can remember in a very long time. Um, you know, between drafting the teams and not having it East versus West and then having it worth money so these guys are actually competing for something. Um, you, know, he, you know, again, kudos to him for being willing to see issues and, uh, and want to try and fix them. It may not be the, the end result, but it's, it's a heck of a step to get the right direction. Well, no, but if you wait until it's too late, then nothing you can do will save it. I think the NBA does have a problem. I think they have a wild imbalance problem. I think it will eventually lead to a lack of revenue. They already don't make as much money as they should in the NBA with the amount of games that you have when compared to other sports. They are already, I mean, do they already don't make as much money as you should. So at least now, I'm with you, that I think that they are making positive steps here. But it, again, it's, it just drives home the point that they recognize that what I've been saying is true. There's an imbalance problem here. And the players already don't care about the regular season. You know what I mean? And most of the, if we're going to be really honest, do most of the great players care about the first round of the playoffs? No. Steph and Kevin Durant don't care about the first round of the Western Conference or, you know, playoffs. And LeBron doesn't care about the first round of the Eastern Conference because you're going to play somebody you're going to bounce out pretty easily. So there is a watchability factor here that the NBA has to deal with. And I'm with you on the fact that their commissioner at least recognizes it, wants to get out in front of it. And I know you and Fantone and everybody, you know, all the real serious NBA fans seem to love the NBA All-Star game this weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, one, it was that when you're, when you're playing for 100 grand for the, you know, the, for the winner, I think that, you know, even the, you know, Max players, 100 grand is a lot of money. Um, and then when you have the players picking, um, you know, that, that's when you, when you smack Team LeBron on a, on a, on a team and he's, a, he's essentially the de facto GM versus Eastern Conference All-Stars, you know, there, there's some pride there in, in getting that done. And when you have, you know, as competitive as these guys are, um, you know, you saw, you saw an All-Star game be won by defense, which is I can't think of the last time. That's you know that's happened. And not only did you have an all-star game get won by defense, you had Kevin Durant locking down on Steph Curry, um, which, you know, those dudes are teammates. And, and, I mean, so that was, I mean, it was just a really, really cool experience. And, yes, I mean, I know some people were upset that it wasn't just, 
you know, 48 minutes of, of dunks and alley-oops and, and half-court shots, but I would say the vast majority of people who watch the game were willing to tune in to the end this time instead of just watching the first half and tuning out after whatever the halftime show was. I would agree with that. I think, honestly, dude, you can see enough just threes chucked up in every NBA game now. So a, a game with a little bit more defense, I can't hate. For sure. I, uh, I have no problem with that. I um I I think the NBA and obviously every other uh you know uh, pro sports franchise at this point or pro sports league at this point understands there's a problem and they are reinventing themselves and like if nothing else it's it's like the Cavaliers where it's like dude you got the bat off the shoulder and that's all I could really ask of you speaking of those Cavaliers it feels like it's been forever since we've seen that team and honestly it's like well I can't even remember who's all on that team uh they play Thursday uh is there any update on when Kevin Love can be expected and how he's going to uh, kind of fold back into this new look Cavaliers? Well, he's, I mean, it was a, you know, six to eight week thing and he's two, two and a half weeks in. Um, so I would, I would not expect any update on his timetable. Um, you know, and to your point about feeling like forever, it's even been even longer since they've been at home because their last two games after the trades were in Boston and, uh, you know, again on the road. So it was or again in Oklahoma city. So it's been a very long time and this will be the Thursday will be the first time Cleveland will get to see this new look team, how Kevin Love fits in. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I do think it'll be at the expense of a guy like Chetty Asman, which is fine. Um, you know, Chetty has done ex- ex- exceptionally well for a rookie with, with zero, you know, really, you know, cultural experience, Amer- you know, domestically versus, you know, where he is. But, uh, you know, and, he, and he's, he's filled in well. But I do think once they shake out that rotation a little bit, um, you know, I do think he, he could potentially be the odd man out. But I'm, I'm just I'm really looking forward to seeing the reception that a guy like Larry Nance Jr. gets. Um, cause I mean, there fewer, fewer cities appreciate nostalgia or cling to it anyways, more than Cleveland does. So to, to get him back here, um, and, and see these new guys finally, you know, take shape at home, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a fun stretch here to see how they figure it out before the playoffs. Yeah. A lot of other cities don't have to wrap their arms around nostalgia the way Cleveland does, but uh, right, that, exactly. you know, that, that, that's kind of their thing. I do have one more, uh, one more question for you before I let you go. We're talking to Scott from winning for next year.com. Uh, and I'll ask you, so whose job is it to take over for Isaiah Thomas and blame Kevin Love for everything when he comes back? Like, who, wh- <laughs> which one of the new players is supposed to be the finger pointer? Yeah, if you saw, he was, uh, he was, Kevin was on the jump when uh, they were out in L.A. for uh, All-Star Weekend, and, he, and Rachel Nichols' show is out, is out of L.A., and uh, he threw in a, a Fall Guy reference when he was on there, and, every, oh, nice. and everybody seemed to really appreciate that. He's got, I mean, he's got a really good sense of humor about it. Um, you know, again, I... I you know, hopefully that that's all gone. Uh, you know, it kind of came to light that Dwayne Wade wasn't exactly too kind to Kevin either, which, right. you know, is un, is unfortunate. Um, but, you know, now that it seems to, they really do seem to have gutted the entire team of any sort of the malcontent, for lack of a better term. You know, even including guys like Shump, who, you know, you haven't seen him much on the floor. But, I mean, they, they weren't exactly the best locker room presence. So it'll be... It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how these young guys fit in um, and kind of who will be the who will be the leader um, now that a guy like Channing Frye isn't around. But you know, I, I do think at least Kevin should you know without it on the floor get get more shots, get back to that twenty and ten, and uh, the Cavs should start winning some basketball games. And as long as they win, there's no real reason for a fall guy. So. It'll it'll be very uh, it'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out. That's Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. You can follow him on Twitter at WFNY Scott. We appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you again next Monday at eight. Always talk soon. Can't wait to do that again. And uh, so we have seen now that high school students have had enough, and they're going to take matters into their own hands. And I think honestly that this might get something done. 
I think my opinion on this is going to shock you. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, what's going on? You got Sansbury here for the Wakeham Auto family. They're doing their very own job fair, and this is taking place tomorrow on the Wakeham Auto Mile at Wakeham Ford from 3 to 7 in the afternoon. If you're thinking about making a career move, maybe you're just in between jobs, then the Wakeham Auto Family job fair tomorrow, again, at Wakeham Ford from 3 to 7 in the afternoon is where you want to be. Now, when you show up, make sure you have an ID with you. I shouldn't have to tell you that, but you never know with people. Also, be able to show a few references on some places that you have worked in the past. And of course, a clean driving record will be required for any job posted with the Wakeham Auto family. Now, Wakeham is looking for both new and used car sales associates, service managers, service technicians, mechanics, and lot attendants. We're talking five-day work weeks, paid vacation, health insurance, and obviously you're going to get some discounts on your automotive sales, labor, and parts. You don't work Sundays, and Wakeham is closed on most major holidays. You want to find out more, you can do so at Wakeham.com. But the Wakeham Auto Family Job Fair is tomorrow, Wednesday the 21st from 3 to 7 in the afternoon at Wakeham Ford. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. You're about a half hour away from getting hooked up with a trip out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. Also at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. You're getting new chain smokers, new Jason Aldean, new Fozzie, all part of that this morning. I keep forgetting it's Tuesday. Yeah, that part's nice, right? Yeah, it is, dude. I, Dude, the four-day work week should be the new thing. Yeah, it should. That should really be the new thing. It's not going to be. I think ultimately, in the end, you're going to end up working more hours than less. But I um, I don't think it's going to be for us. I think eventually it happens in America. I think eventually it's like, dude, it just saves us money on both ends there. Well, I, I, I maintain if you give people more time away from work, they'll end up being happier. And so you'll end up probably, I would imagine, bitch about your job less. And you might end up then seeing and self-reporting people going, yeah, dude, I don't really hate my job. Maybe. I don't know. But I think more time away from the office is is what a lot of people are after. So I'm a little anti-protest. I'm just not really one of those things. I, I just I, I feel like I, I just have a very short list of when they have actually really moved the needle or really done what they were out to do. I feel like that list is short. Now, the ones that did have accomplished, they were needed, and it was necessary, and we got some good stuff out of it. I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, overall, I think these things normally flame out pretty fast, and you end up not getting what you were after, okay? But this, I think, is going to be different. I really do. And I think we're about to see the power of social media and used for the power of what people consider to be good, and I think it's going to be really apparent. In the wake of the Parkland, uh, Florida shooting, Students, I originally, I believe this was supposed to be April 20th, but then people took issue with the fact that that's essentially 420 and they're high school students. So they rethought it. And now it looks like March 24th is going to be the day that they are organizing a walkout of students at 10 a.m. to basically impose upon Congress to take issue and to come together and try to find a solution for what they consider to be the gun control issue in America. Now, after the shooting, I had kind of said, you know, and I maintain that I don't think it's solely a gun issue. I think there's a societal issue in us. I think Americans are inherently more violent than some other countries in the world. I don't know about every country, but I think that we are inherently more violent than some other civilized countries in the world. I will go to my grave saying that. Okay, Um, but I do believe that there is a gun component to this issue. I don't think you can deny that. Um, another interesting thing in this is that they have linked now how many of these mass shooters had been on 
um, some, you know, anti-anxiety meds or some other kind of, you know, medication. And a woman brought this up to me over the weekend and I never even thought of it. But she was like, I get that these people are awful and they're monsters and they've committed these heinous acts. She's like, but why do we just throw HIPAA out the window and release what these people are taking medically yeah. when you're not supposed to do that. And I was like, honestly, she took me aback by that. I was like, oh my God, I never even thought of that. Um, people just aren't going to complain about it. It's like stealing porn where people just aren't going to complain about it because you feel like that person isn't worth that protection. That was, I mean, I felt like that was a really, that was a, one of those t- moments on Facebook where I was like, oh my God. Like, this is not just arguing and, you know, the screaming of platitudes. This woman's actually bringing up something legitimately. I was like, wow, that I never would have thought of that. You know, standing up for the rights of a murderer at that point isn't necessarily going to ring very well in this. Not a lot of you people are going mean? to rally around that. Right. One. I would agree with that, you know. Um, but I am normally a, oh, get back in your house. What are you doing? Right. But I think this one has the chance to be different. And it's because it's your kids. And I think when you're turning on Twitter, Instagram, you know what I mean? Snapchat, where there's where all your kids will be because none of them are on Facebook anymore. But when you turn those things on on this day and you can see it and the issue is dead children, I think that this has the chance to do something. Now, I think a part of the problem with what this is going to be is, you know, it, there's going to be multiple messages that kind of get mixed up in this. And if you come at this from the perspective of these are kids walking out and trying to get Congress to act on reducing gun violence in school, then I think everyone's going to have a hard time saying no to that. If you make this a gun control issue, and I know those sound very, very similar, but those are two different things right there, that's when it's going to become like, ah, nobody cares about this. I, I, I feel like the messaging of this is going to be very important on whether this rings as another political BS, oh, you guys are just a bunch of snowflakes, or is this like, hey, this is an actual movement of things happening here. This Cameron Caskey kid who they kind of pushed out to the, the forefront of this. He's been the one kind of speaking to the media. Dude, he kind of has his stuff together. Like, he doesn't come off like an idiot kid. Is there any, is there any point to, and this sounds terrible to me, but is there any point to, especially as, like, dude, funerals are still going on at this point. Right. Like, these kids essentially should still be in shock, should still be in mourning. The fact that they're able to, like, articulate any sort of a thought on this is impressive, but is there any, like, you guys are too close to this. I understand this is an emotional time for you, and that's exactly why you can't be the ones making this decision. Your, ah. your best friend just died. You know what I mean? And, like, then you lose perspective on things because you can be too close to something. You can absolutely be too close to it, but ultimately, the only normally the on, people only act when they are close to something, and so unfortunately, we there are people in this country that feel like this needs to be acted on, and so who else is going to do it? It's not going to be people who have not been affected. I take your point in that yes, there is something in that, but I, I think. Th- <laughs> Imagine if people would have told people in Baltimore about the Black Lives Matter thing. Ah, you're too close to it. Well, right. But I mean, I think there is going to be that pushback of like, you know, hey, yes, you're emotional right now. You're hurt right now. That doesn't mean you get to take away my rights right now. Yeah, there will be pushback. I think you're going to have a harder time selling that to the American public when you're saying it to children versus saying it to a 40 year old person. I think this has the opportunity. I don't know if it will or not, but this has the opportunity and we have the we have the opportunity again to see the power that social media can wield. I can't believe at this point and this 
this just seems so self-evident to me where it's like, I don't know how many times this has to happen. These school shootings have to happen. These mass shootings have to happen where it's like, all right, so we can't decide on whether this is a gun control problem or a mental health problem. Therefore, we're going to sit on our hands and do nothing. Why doesn't somebody say, all right, we can't figure that out. What we can figure out is how do we help these schools? Therefore, I'm proposing a piece of legislation that says every school in America will get a safety evaluation test where somebody comes in, a third party comes in, gives you a safety evaluation test. They will work with police. They will work with local you know, authorities and all these things. No make- school right now is going to pass one of those for school shootings. I'm saying I'm saying like on a federal level, like, hey, as Americans, we all need to agree, regardless what the price of this is, every school deserves to be prepared for something like this. That just seems so easy to me. I think you can be better prepared. You're never going to be able to work this all around. Although I am surprised that schools don't have the same kind of doors that hospitals have. Right. Like hospitals have like self-locking doors that if there's an if there's a situation, they can lock off certain parts of the hospital that you just can't then reach. You're never going to eliminate. I, I don't think anybody's going to be idiotic enough to be like, nope, you know what? This plan will eliminate, but at least to give you the tools to reduce the amount of harm done in a situation like this. And like I said, this isn't like the federal government coming in and saying this is exactly what you need to do. We talked to local police, we talk to your administrators, we talk to your community, and we come up with a plan. I, 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 who's pushing back against that? If I'm a Democrat, if I'm a Republican, 100%, that's that's all right. We can't figure out the gun thing. We can figure this out. Well, your voters are the ones who are going to push back on it because they're going to have to pay. And ultimately, people want things, but they don't want to have to pay for it. And that's why we don't have it. It, it. Ultimately, that is going to be the reason why we don't have things is because people are resistant to pay for it. There's another thing that's happening inside these arguments that, that I want to really take issue with. And I think if you listen to the show a lot, you know that I'm not really for organized religion for my life. Okay. I'm all right with, if if, if that's what you do in your life, I'm totally fine with it. But for my life, I kind of want to stay away from organized religion. But these people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, and and don't get me wrong, he's a wildly intelligent person, but he's been tweeting a lot. Hey, there's the, you know, we've done the studies and thoughts and prayers haven't done a single damn thing. Quit demonizing people for wanting to express empathy. That's all it is. That's all they're trying to do. I get that it's annoying with my person in their Facebook account and like, you know, somebody on Instagram. It's kind of annoying. But what do you, ex- again, we demand these kind of statements out of our political leaders. And then when we give them to us, then we want to crucify them for saying it. Quit demonizing people for trying to show empathy from a place that comes, that they feel comes from a place of their religion. Congratulations, Neil deGrasse Tyson. You didn't need religion to bring you to a place of empathy. Maybe somebody else did. But quit demonizing people for well wishes. Like, I just don't get that. Yes, of course, thoughts and prayers aren't going to end school violence. But it is just people saying, look, man, that's terrible. I have kids. I feel for you. I, 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 I am scared to death of the day I may have to face what you're going through. But constantly knocking that down from a place of God's not real, you're not doing anything better than what they're doing. As a matter of fact, you're doing worse. You're knocking empathy. Think about that. You're knocking that. That is crazy. And people like that need to shut up about stuff like this, is that empathy is totally allowed in this. But I think this is the one case because it's not women, it's not minority groups, it's not this, it's children. And when children are flooding the streets saying this is what's happening, if you get the right 
five or six 15-year-olds and you point the camera at them, I'm telling you, stuff can change. Stuff can absolutely change. I think that we may be seeing a movement here that might ultimately get something done, especially when you think about the fact that the president already said he'd be willing to look at, uh, you know, at, at changing some of the things that we have for gun control. Here's the other one you hear a lot, and I'm running up against the time, and I apologize. But here's the other one you see a lot, right? Chicago. Some of the strictest gun laws in America, some of the worst gun crimes. Yeah, it's because all the states that surround Illinois have very lax gun laws, and that's where all those guns are coming from. That is part of that conversation. It is part of it. So if you want to be that, we'll look at Chicago, then let's really look at it. Because let's look at Indiana then, where a lot of the guns are coming in from. Let's look at some of the states that are surrounding Illinois. If you're going to lean on Chicago as your argument, then you have to look at the whole picture. You have to pull yourself back and look at the broad photo of it all. But we never want to do that, because then it ruins our meme arguments. We have charge tickets. And we're going to pass those out right now. We'll take caller 15 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on these Canton Charge tickets for March 2nd. I believe they're playing the Grand Rapids Drive, and it's a four-pack. We'll get you hooked up right now on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. We have a little bit of breaking news here. I'm getting this from uh, the Canton Rep Twitter account, which, again, I believe is CantonRep.com on Twitter. Um, They're saying now a school administrator confirming this morning that a Jackson Middle School student has been treated for an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound that occurred after he brought a weapon to the school. Uh, The student has been taken to a local hospital for treatment. This was this morning. Um, There's not a lot more information than that. Obviously, the cops are going to wait a little while, collect more info before they start to start passing stuff out. But this has happened this morning. This was Jackson Middle School. And this is a perfect time to bring this up because we did not get into this in our previous discussion about Parkland, Florida, at least not this morning we hadn't. And if we're going to talk about how this is a gun issue and mental health issue, which I agree, I think it's a combination of both. I think there's a societal um, aspect of that this that gets thrown in here, and I'm the guy who tells you I believe America is more violent than some other countries. I believe all that. But if we're going to admit that all those things are true, then I think we do also have to admit, and I don't know what to do about this because I'm not for restricting information to the public unless it's like, you know, national security and that kind of thing. I I, I get why the government sometimes will lie or not tell us the whole truth. I get that. All right. But we cannot deny that the way that these tragedies are covered, in my opinion, fine, I'll rephrase. In my opinion, that I don't think that you can deny that how these events are covered by the media and consumed by you and I, the viewer, and then just on constant loops does not... I don't think you can deny the fact that that leads to a copycat type of situation. Yeah, and I mean, that's not necessarily what was happening here. But no, I think you're making a very valid point in the sense of people that want attention who are a little misguided. And I'm going to use that term because I'm not I'm not a medical professional. I cannot diagnose anybody. Right. So I feel like misguided is perfectly fine there. Right. But I feel like people who are desperate for attention, who are misguided, see, oh, that's the way I get attention. Now, see, I don't know what to do there. Because if the news then doesn't tell me about a school shooting, well, what the hell are you doing? you got to tell me about that. Well, uh, difference between you know telling you about a school shooting and, uh, what do I want to say, kind of like replaying the school shooting. Because like I understand in the moment, yes, it's news. It's something that you have to talk about. At this point, though, I don't need a snapshot into that 
the, the murderer's life. I don't. I understand. I understand why detectives need to go do that. I 100 percent understand that. But what difference does it make between like watching that and watching like a, you know, a documentary series about serial killers? You know what I mean? Like, why the news coverage of this? It's like, nah. If I do that, that's that's encouraging people to copycat it. Or if I watch something about Jeffrey Dahmer, it's like, eh, well, you know. There's a good argument in there. Um, I wonder if the difference lies in the fact that you seek those things out versus this is on a constant loop of you know every channel you turn on. This is what they're talking about. I also think that you're going to see this, and I oh god, I'm just worried people are going to take real issue with what I'm about to say here. But I think that you will see. People who are anti-gun commit gun crimes to further the we need gun control issue. I'm not saying that's what this kid did. I'm not even saying that's what happened in Parkland. But I think you will see that. I think eventually it's and I do also think that you may end up with a high school kid saying, I'll be the thing that finally gets the change. And then it'll be named after me. I think you could see somebody that misguided. There is something about how we report this stuff and how and more even than how we how we report it. It's how we consume it. Because if we didn't want to know about the insight in, in, into the guy who pulled the trigger, they wouldn't show it to us. They don't show you stuff you don't want to see. They show you stuff that you can't turn off. And there's something in us. We can blame the news all we want. But in the end, it's us. It's what's wrong with us is that we love. I always say this is this is one of my big statements, right? We love to feast off the bones of these things. We just love it. I don't know what that is, but I do believe that copycats are going to be part of this. I do believe that when you sensationalize things like this, that it gives the misguided. It's basically a beacon, right? It's a beacon for them to go, oh, that's the way I should do this. If you're just joining us to, uh, you know, to. Circle back around, a school administrator confirmed this morning that a Jackson Middle School student is currently being treated at a hospital for a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The authorities have not released any more information than that. If we get it before the end of the program, we will obviously pass it out to you. This feels a little strange to shift and move into into New Turd Tuesday, given the fact that this has happened. But until we get new information, I think pushing the show forward is the best uh, option available to us. If we get more information, we will obviously pass that along to you next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Um, if you have not heard, a child at Jackson Elementary School had shot himself, had been taken in uh, to the hospital to be treated. I have not seen any updates. The only thing that I've seen and is good news, um, no other children were hurt. No one else was in danger from what I've seen. So oh, well, that's, that's good. That's good. You know, They locked down the entire district, and of course they're going to do that. They want to make sure that they have um, any and all threat isolated where it needs to be and uh, you know, to make sure that this isn't going to be you know, an offset of a chain reaction type thing. So they've taken, uh, they've taken those measures. Um, if any more info should come out before the end of the program, we would obviously pass it on to you. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to push forward with New Turd Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. Um, we're going to start this week's episode with a band I do not like. I, uh, I I have never heard a song of theirs that was like, yeah, that's a really good song. Now, they've done well. They've been successful. They just don't flick the happy switch in my brain. It's the Chainsmokers, and this song's called You Owe Me. wonder if this is with somebody they often are chain smokers featuring yeah they hire like people to come and sing right yeah pretty frequently i guess one of the dudes like sings some of the time but it's usually they have like you know some woman or like you know cold play or somebody else come in and kind of uh perform with them yeah i don't really 
really say this that often But there's something that the papers forgot Every time I read them, I know I feed them But I know they're painting but they can't leave a mark friends don't read the papers And they don't really care if we're awesome or not So every time I read them, I know I feed them But I know they want to see me hang on the wall You don't know me, don't you think that I get lonely it gets So I don't know who that is singing, so I think this is them I don't know either. I don't know. I think it, I think, I th- I think it's the guy in the Chainsmokers that sings. And already I know why they normally farm it out. You don't know me, don't you think that I get lonely? It gets dark inside my head. Check my pulse and if I'm dead, you owe me. If you're lonely, don't you think you're on your own when it gets dark inside your head? Check my pulse and if I'm there, you owe me. They're usually very big on the chorus. They're usually like, hey, this is what butters our bread. This is where we make our money. But it's dude, usually all chorus. Yeah, but at this point, we're over a minute and a half into the song, and like, if that was the chorus. If that's, that's the hook. Whoosh, right, whoosh. yeah, that's rough. Like, I never love these dudes, but I'm like, ah, right. I mean, I understand why, like... Oh, I get why other people like it. It's just not for me. Why it's like a mainstream song. Why right. it's very digestible, but this is... Uh, you gotta get something better going than this. My face if you mean it. This sounds like um, what's that band? Twenty One Pilots or whatever. Those it does. Dudes, those it suck too. It does sound like Twenty One Pilots. Imagine Dragons. Those it ah, suck too. That first Twenty One Pilots album was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's some decent stuff, but at this point, I just feel like that sound. It's, it's ex- over. It's exhausting. Um, it's I, like, yeah. Good God. I'm done with it. I would agree with that. You don't know. Don't you think that I get lonely? It gets dark inside my head. Check my pulse, and if I'm dead, you owe me. If you're lonely, don't you think you're on your own when it gets dark inside your head? Check my pulse, and if I'm there, you owe me. Yeah. Jesus. I mean,. Even I will admit that their other songs have been better than this. Yeah, like I said, I mean, not my cup of tea, but I mean, at least they have some sort of appeal. This is not good. This is not good. It's new chain smokers. See, where was that earlier? Right, right, right. Where was that earlier? Bring that way earlier into the song and maybe you get me. Yeah, at least that sounds kind of cool. Right, there's something in that. And it's honestly, that sounds more like them. Right. If that's the sound where it's like, man, you guys should have done that earlier. Yeesh. I don't think that's saving it. It wouldn't have hurt.
Wow. Uh, Phantom, give me the vote on the new Chainsmokers, buddy. It's a turn. Um, I, I guess if that's going to be one of the tracks on the album where it's like, all right, you guys want to kind of do this and not make yeah, it a hit, fine, it. right. I mean, this is like the first one off of this. So, like, no, dude, that was that was not a, that was a swing and a miss by them. That was a turd. I'm going perfect for the scoring of the Chainsmokers record since they came out. It's a turd. It's a turd. Yeah, not very good at all. We have the new Jason Aldean. We'll find out if that's good next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Awards now. Text the keyword VIP to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's VIP to 200-200. What's going on, guys? You got the That this shooting was at the elementary school. It was the middle school. It was a seventh grader. Um, Jackson Police still on scene. They are in lockdown mode. Of course, they're trying to make sure this is an isolated incident. I believe the kid has been taken to the hospital and has been treated. Um, we have not seen any new information other than the fact that nobody else had been affected. Um, but I wanted to clarify, I had said elementary school when I met middle school. Um, you'll have to excuse me, I don't have children, so I forget sometimes what the classifications of these schools are, having not been in elementary or middle school in a, quite a long time myself. So I apologize. That is a pretty big, serious error about a pretty serious local story for you. I, uh, I, I should have been better on that for you. I apologize. We will move forward for uh, New Turd Tuesday. We already played you the new Chainsmokers. Fantone and I were in lockstep on mm-hmm. that one. Both voted mm-hmm. Turd on You Owe Me, and it's because it was not good. It was not good at all. Jason Aldean is next up on New Thursday for uh, his new song. Is, is it You Make It Easy? You Make It Easy. You're a big Aldean guy. Oh yeah, this is this is one of your dudes, right? Oh yeah, I I mean, dude, I I get a lot of people want to knock on the country thing, and I get why it is easy. They do give you a ton of they do give you a ton of material, but dude, if Aldine's playing, your boy wants to go. Like a rainy Sunday morning makes me want to stay in bed, twisted up all day long. You. Girl, you take me places, put the words right into these songs. Why like that? Stealing kisses undercover, babe. I'll tell you what I like already is that he is going a little bit more traditional there, right? Like he is giving you a little bit more slowed down. It's less like this tempo Thomas Rhett love song pop thing. He is kind of giving you a little bit more of a traditional sound. I don't hate it. And I swear God made you for me You make it easy up on you Make it easy With every little thing you do You're my sunshine in the darkest days My better half, my saving grace You make me who I wanna be You make it easy That's the way it should be in relationships. If you're like, God damn, I hate being in love with you. Like, it's time to reevaluate. There is a little bit of like, all right, man. Like, I can't argue with that. That's it's. I mean, what do I want to nah, say? You fell in love with me. You figure it out. <laughs>
traditional country yeah for sure it does and he sounds what do i want to say authentic he's not a great singer but he sounds like he's supposed to to me like he sounds like all right like that's what i expect out of you he's uh yeah i mean he's he's not a fantastic singer but he does have that x factor that you need to be a star he does have that Even with that guitar solo in there, that's, you know, a little more classic right there. See, this song has been nothing but chorus, like the entire time, and that's what that's what the chain smokers messed up, man. I mean, this has been I feel like I've heard this chorus eight times now. And I swear God made you for me You make it easy You make it easy With every little thing you do You're my sunshine in the darkest days My better half, my saving grace You make me who I want to be You make it easy It feels unfinished yeah, like there's one thing that just didn't there's, happen. Yeah, there's like a piece missing somewhere. But I think that might be less about this song being unfinished and more about other songs of you comparable songs being probably a little overproduced, a little cramming more things in. Right, right, Maybe. right. That's probably a you know a pretty commonplace in new country. So I think when you strip that away a little bit, it's probably like, wait, why does why don't you why don't you have a robot voice in there? <laughs> yeah, where's that? New Jason Aldean there. His song is uh, You Make It Easy. Fantone, give me the vote there, buddy. Not a turd! Getting ready to put a dipper in one time. But um, now, listen, I'm not trying to say, like, hey, that's on the Matt Fantone playlist. But, I mean, pretty quality song that's definitely going to be a hit, dude. Especially as we get into springtime. Um, I got to say not a turd. I'm going to vote not a turd on Jason Aldean as well. Not a turd! Full disclosure, I was leaning towards half a turd. Okay. I don't think it's a smash hit. I think um, now maybe what I'm doing is I'm stacking it up next to like his big hits and I don't hear it. I don't hear it as being as good as some of those, but he's had hits for with songs that I felt like were worse than that. But personally leaning towards half, but I'm going to vote not a turd on the new Jason Aldean. My fandom coming into play there just a little bit. We have new Fozzie for you next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it. I love Rock 106.9. Yes, you're not listening to everything that comes out of my mouth. I'm fully aware. I've been doing 
doing this almost 20 years. And, and that's okay. I mean, boy, would I love it if everybody sat down around the radio with the family at 6 a.m. and stayed all the way till 10 a.m. That'd be awesome. Um, I, I, to of me, course, that's the goal, but it's never going to happen. I, I know you're leaving. I just want you to come back. That's what I've always kind of looked right. at it as. You're going to, whether you have to get out of your car or you or the song sucks or you don't want to listen to us and what we're talking about, fine. Okay. That's the, that's the best point. Come the back. job The job is not to keep you all four hours. It's the it, the job is to keep is to be good enough to get you to come back. Right. Now he's saying, I'm never going to come back. Okay. I'm uh, never going to come back. All right. And so now people are pointing out the fact because he like, po- like he took a picture of his dashboard with the new frequency of the radio station he's listening there to. We go. And I'll show you how unafraid I am to tell you what he did. He went over to Rover's Morning Glory, which is what I'm sure most of you do when you get annoyed with something I say. Shocker. And then when you get annoyed with him or he goes to commercial or whatever, you come back. I know the radio game, bro. I'm not afraid. To, I, you know what I mean? Like, just, just here's what I don't get. Why can't you just go? Why is it always got to be my issue? I'll let you know about but, it. But I'm going to tag you in this tweet telling okay. that radio show that you suck. And that will, that, it's like, dude, you wanted attention for leaving. I've given it to you now. Can't you just be happy? Or do you got to be a crying baby sissy for the rest of the goddamn afternoon on my timeline? Let me guess which one of those is going to happen. Stody Jones, let me guess which one of those I'm going to get. Because I know how this game gets played out. You happy with the attention you got? You little whiny crybaby? You want some more of it? Maybe. Just maybe you'll get it. We have new Fozzie for you to end New Tour Tuesday. Here's their uh, new song, Painless. What started off as a joke band, boy, oh boy, Fozzie kind of made something happen. Yeah, that is true. Whispers and screams. Well, of course, it's got to be in the middle of that. Sounds like Papa Roach. Just giving you what you want out of a rock song. I was going to say, it's Papa Roach for a reason. It's because they know how to make these songs. It's not a bad system to follow. This is another great example of a guy who's got very limited vocal ability, but still can make a song that you don't hate. Yeah, lead singer Chris Jericho, former WWE superstar, lead man of Fozzie. One of the nicest celebrities I ever met. They played Peabody's when I worked there, and he was so gracious. Took all the photos, signed all the autographs, hung out with the staff, did the whole thing. He was great.
this is pretty generic, though. I mean, it's not bad. It's just like, all right, <laughs> like it's on. Right. This is what they do, though. This sounds to me exactly like a band that I would be walking by at Rock on the Range. Like, all right, well, that band's on. <laughs> no wonder you're playing when the sun's still out. Yes. That is Fozzie. That is who Fozzie is. Right. I really do have to tip the hat to Chris Jericho. Like, you go through and you live your dream, and it's like, hey, I'm a pro wrestler, and that's awesome. And, like, most people don't get to do that. And then he took it another... dreams? Right. Then he took it another level and was like, you know what? I'm going to start, like, an 80s-sounding band, and I'm going to go out on tour with it. And it's like, dude, I tip of the hat to you, no doubt. Dude, he came out in, a, like, a light-up, like... Oh, yeah, jacket. yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it had Christmas lights. I think it said Fozzie <laughs> on the back of it that lit up in lights. I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy. His arms were massive. Yeah, he's huge. He's a big guy. Pro wrestler. He uh, he just had a match with New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's branching out into the world there. I don't know what that is. What is New Japan Wrestling? Um, for like, in, for like, for like wrestling hipsters, it's like, oh, you watch WWE? Try watching New Japan. Okay. I, <laughs> why, I, I, okay. I, we don't need the unicycle version of the WWE. laying down to rest in the rock songs, dude. Uh, dude, they're always praying at the altar. <laughs> they're, you know, they're always battling good between evil. He screams and whispers. <laughs> the whole thing. It's very conflicted music. The, the D-Rock there. New Fozzie, painless. Fantone, give me the vote there, buddy. Oh. Eh, it's half a turn. Um, it wasn't bad. It was just generic. Like, there wasn't anything catchy about it. There wasn't anything special about it. That just sounded like, I don't know, half a turd. I'm going to vote not a turd. Not a turd. Yay. Again, not a breakout smash hit. But when you tell me it's Chris Jericho, right, right, low you know expectations. I mean? All of a sudden, it's not that bad. When you tell me it's Fozzie and I get Papa Roach, I feel like I got something <laughs> I didn't pay for. You know what I mean? I feel like I got something I did not pay for. I'll vote not a turd on uh, the new Fozzie Painless. Again, if you have not heard, people keep sending me this this tweet. Obviously, more and more people waking up, getting in their cars, maybe not have heard the whole show. We are aware a seventh grader uh, at the middle school in Jackson. Um, self-inflicted gunshot wound. He has been taken, or he or she, I'm sorry, has been taken to the hospital being treated. We are, uh, as far as we know, um, there's not a whole lot of, you know, other information out, um, but we have heard that nobody else had been affected. So at least there's a, you know, a silver lining there. Uh, I would imagine more information on that will come out throughout the day. We will obviously address it on the program again tomorrow. Teresa has your next opportunity at a trip out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. Aside from that, we're done. We will be back in the studio live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106. Now you guys have a great afternoon. See